Rugby Report, Japan 2019, with Betfred. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Report, Japan 2019, with Betfred. And in association with our friends at Rugby United. Great to have those guys on board, and we hope you're going to enjoy the content that is to come over the course of the next eight weeks. My name's Nick Heath. And I'm Tom May. And we're going to be here providing you with regular bulletins, insights to our experiences in Japan because we're both travelling over there, but crucially, some match previews and reviews and plenty of special guests. We want it to be a bite sized catch up of the latest news, and we'll be bringing that to you just a couple of times a week. You can maybe see us as the canapé, the bowl food, the easy-to-digest snack that'll keep you abreast of everything that's going on in Japan. Now, there may be several of you out there who have no idea who the two of us are. So welcome to what's going to be a fun eight weeks. My name's Nick Heath, um, commentator on rugby for about the last 10, 12 years, working as a rugby journalist as well, looking forward to being out there for the group stages of the World Cup. And, uh, and Tom May, former England centre, um, what are you going to be getting up to? I am commentating on the radio. Uh, Jealous at all that I didn't uh, get that gig. Carry on. <laughs> I am working for Talk Sport on the ground out there, which should be fantastic. Very good. And I'm also producing this delightful podcast with you. Indeed you are, yeah. Looking forward to uh, to yeah getting through uh, a good bit of analysis and preview. Um, and indeed, as we said, getting a few friends to, uh, to contribute as well. You should be hearing from some top names over the course of the next eight weeks and finding out what we get up to uh, in our various locations around Japan. It should be a good bit of fun. So this first episode is largely going to be a preview to pools A and B. Then we'll have another episode for you coming up pretty soon within the next day or two, uh, which is then going to cover pool C and D. We'll be looking forward to the Japan-Russia opener and then we will have an episode that covers all of those ridiculous games that are taking place over the opening weekend. If somehow you haven't looked at the fixtures for the opening weekend. Um, Tom, one word on what it's looking like? Incredible. Yep. If you're a fan. Well, yeah. Horrible. If you're a player. Indeed. And of course, we should thank our sponsors, Betfred. Delighted to have them on board. The Rugby Report is sponsored by Betfred. Bet on all the action from Japan. There's a host of offers available with Betfred over the course of the tournament, including double delight on all home nations games. Back the correct first try scorer, and if he crosses the line again, they'll double his odds. Whenever you bet, Betfred. 18 and over, be gambleaware.org, select matches only, maximum stakes apply when the fun stops, stop. So let's crack into it then. Pool A, Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Russia, Samoa. Pool B, New Zealand, South Africa, Italy, Namibia and Canada. Um, Two teams ultimately going through from each pool. Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Russia, Samoa. Tell me why it's not Ireland and Scotland going through, Tom. I can't tell you why it won't be Ireland because I think they will go through. Fine. Uh, I can tell you why it might not be Scotland. Always making friends with the Scots, (laughs) our Tom May. I really do think that Japan will be looking to try and knock over some some tier one teams. I think they're hunting tier one scalps. They they come into this competition as Pacific Nations champions. Um, They've got a great record against tier two nations. They've won 17 and just lost one. And I like the balance that they've got of experienced players uh, the likes of uh, Shota Hori and, and Fumiaki Tanaka at, at, at nine, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, their back row is explosive, and their coaches in Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph, you know, have got a lot of experience themselves. Um, Michael Leach, their talisman. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think they've obviously done it before against against South Africa in Brighton in that game. Yeah, we were there. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think, you know, I think it's a big occasion for them on the opening game of of the tournament. Um, I, I think if 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 Ireland beat Scotland in that first weekend, um, 
then you may well find that Japan comes sniffing blood. Well, 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 yeah, well, certainly, you, you could imagine that. I mean, Ireland, yeah, their run of games, Scotland, then they play Japan, uh, then Russia, and then Samoa. Um, but Scotland face Ireland, if they were to lose that, they've then got a tough game to regroup for against Samoa, and Samoa are going to fancy a bit of a bit of a punch-up at that one, certainly, uh, then Russia, and then Japan. So if Scotland have wobbled in any way ahead of that game, the Japanese are going to be right up for that last pool game. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think Samoa... They sort of disappoint a bit, don't they? They've got the players. You look at their squad and you're like, wow, these guys can do something. Mm -hmm. Um, They've not beaten a tier one nation since June 2014, and that was Italy. Yeah. Uh, They had their opportunity in the last World Cup. They butchered the worst two-on-one I've ever seen. (laughs) To be fair, if my nine-year-old butchered it like that, he would be getting... A bit of a clip around the year as well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they've got some decent players. They've got, you know, a, a bit of uh, a bit of experience. The likes of TJ Yuani in the back row, um, who uh, I think stepped in a touch tournament uh, in Manchester last year. Um, at least he was in front of me one minute and then not in front of me the next. So unless he teleported, um, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Um, Tim Nanai Williams, another one of those with uh, with perhaps a less a few less miles on the clock. But um, but they just as much as we see these Islander teams giving their players to other teams across the world, the likes of Fiji, whatever Fiji. Just you get a sense. We'll come on to them, I'm sure, in uh, in the next preview. But you get a sense that they're beginning to work out how to begin to play together as a team and get the right things in place. But Samoa have maybe dissipated a bit. Yeah, I think they've got a fair few political battles that are going on away from the the field of rugby. So, you know, there's it's a pretty ugly recent record that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that game against Australia uh, in the last sort of warm up that they had was. An okay performance by them. I think probably Australia took them slightly lighter than than they should have. Yeah. Um, I think I think if anyone's going to get out of that that pool A, it would be Japan ahead of Scotland. I don't think Samoa would have the have the strength to do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, an honourable mention to Russia as well. Of course, uh, they have a, a former Northampton state in there, Vasily. Got a good story about him actually. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but coaches are obsessed with doing wrestling in preseason. I used to hate it yeah um, baby oil that sort of thing yeah well no we had clothes on oh right um but <laughs> but i always used to get paired with vaz and okay. he like he's not big mm. but he's made of steel yeah, okay. and this guy used to just launch me around one of the bars that they put these crash mats in it was <laughs> the most painful like hour of my life and i was just like what am i doing here Excellent. um he, he is one to watch though for, it's, from a russian point of view yeah and it's your old mate lynn jones from your days at, uh, at london welsh who was in charge of that russian side it's it's not going to be easy for them is it no he's he's come out and said you know it's a, we've got a mountain to climb yeah mm, slight understatement i yeah. think uh, they're coming in on the on the back of a couple of uh admin errors from from the spanish um, yeah. and also the Romanians yeah um, and the Belgians as well who were all, uh, all in amongst the mix let's not go there yeah well I was fortunate enough to commentate on uh, on Italy Russia uh, and uh, yeah it was it was pretty much one way traffic but I know Lynn Jones was talking about the fact that they only ever get the chance to run against themselves given how remote, remotely they're located so the chance to run against anyone that wasn't their own team was a real opportunity for him to actually work out what the first choice 15 were well he's made some I guess changes recently hasn't he and, it, and he made it in a fixture against Jersey um, who are obviously the championship side here here in the UK um, and they got turned over yeah. so slightly disappointing from that point of view okay so the two teams coming out of pool A for you will be 
I know, I know Scottish people aren't massive fans of me already, but I'm going to say Ireland. I'm going to say Japan. Well, it would be great for the tournament, wouldn't it? All right, let's go with that. Into Pool B then. New Zealand, South Africa, Italy, Namibia and Canada. As part of your preview here on the Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred. Um, now, New Zealand and South Africa all day long. Surely Italy, Namibia and Canada looked at the pool draw and went... Okay, we're going for a month's holiday in Japan and we've got to play a couple of games along the way before we're coming home, right? Mate, if you had to play New Zealand and South Africa <laughs> on holiday, that's, that's not yeah. the funnest. Wouldn't, wouldn't be two the weeks holiday away you want, is it? Look, yeah. I, look, Namibia, Canada and Italy, they know exactly, I guess, their roles in this tournament. Um, interesting, Conor O'Shea saying, you know, you don't go into a tournament not thinking you can win. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult, isn't it, for those for those teams? They aren't gonna. They got no chance of getting out of that pool. Mm. Um, but from a player's mindset, from a coaching mindset, you have to prepare right. Otherwise, mm. you get absolutely trounced. Interestingly, last summer Italy and Japan played a couple of games against each other, and they went one each. I mean, Conor O'Shea wouldn't expect him wouldn't expect himself to be to be plumping for a Japan esque miracle turnover of South Africa because they'd see themselves very much as a tier one team. But that's what they're looking for in Pool B. They're going to have to cause a major upset and a major shock against one of the teams that's had the you know the strongest odds over the last four years to win it, and now a team that seems to be coming up as as new favourites in the Springboks. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. Italy are one of those teams. I think that are static in, in their development, if not receding slightly. Mm. A bit I like mean, your they got, hairline. They got a, um, but, oh, oh, <laughs> out uh, of nowhere, I've just noticed that, actually. Um, but I think... I think very the, good head of hair, aren't the, you? The, the likes of Georgia and the likes of Japan are, the, are those nations that are really making strides in their development, are actually now knocking on the door of these Tier 1 teams mm. more, more often than not. Um, and I, ju- I just see, see that it's... The Italians' performances over the past few years in their in the Six Nations um, has seen them fall by the wayside a lot. You know, you you, you perhaps like to see them turning over the French or or, or the Scottish mm. uh, occasionally. <laughs> not not that this is all about Scots bashing, but um, you know, I I, I, yes, I think I think. Um, it's They've got good. the likes of Paledri, who I think has been tearing up trees. He's, well, he, Negri as well. He's looked really good. Yeah, and, and you know, a, a big talking point, actually, um, on a recent event, we were at Podcast Live together in town. Um, our friends at the Egg Chasers podcast, they were talking about, you know, whether Sergio Parise is helpful to an Italian side anymore. And I'm certainly of the view that actually when Parise's on the field, he's such a talisman, they feel like everything has to go through him. But actually, the likes of Stain, Negri, Paledri uh, have been working very well as a back row together. That, that maybe, you know, d- dare you say it, is an Italian side playing better without Sergio Parise in the team? Well, look, take, take the game at St. James's Park where they played it, England. Um, when England are at their best... Billy Vanapola is on the front foot and at his best. Mm. Now, there were times where some of those guys were knocking the England defenders over. Mm. Now, if they want to try and build and develop their game, they have to get on the front foot. So those guys are key to it. Um, Sergio Parise's ability to knock people over is waning. Yeah. Um, but he is no doubt um, 
a very good rugby player. He he can see things um, and actually try and get the ball to that space, which is another conundrum they have in that they need to have the quality of player to do that. Now, he has that. He's just physically perhaps not able to compete that much anymore. Yeah, OK. Um, so New Zealand, South Africa, that being on the opening weekend is absolutely extraordinary. Don't um, miss it. Yeah, indeed. That match uh, taking place in the International Stadium, Yokohama. Um, and uh, that is just on, yeah, on, on the 21st. So that's going to be an extraordinary uh, match. It's a ridiculously big game for people to be tuning into. 10.45, I think it is, in the morning, which yeah. is not a bad... Well, get up, get yeah. your coffee and your breakfast, get your cornflakes on your lap and watch South Africa and New Zealand knock bells out of each other. You can tell you're 40 because I know a load of people that be saying that's enough time to have had your coffee and had your cereal and get down the pub and be having a pint. Now, you know, while you're, while you're sleeping, having your beauty sleep, I'm up and about... <laughs> I've got yeah, kiddies, Tom, Tom May gets up at about three in the morning, but he does go to bed at four in the afternoon. Um, so New Zealand against South Africa, a ridiculous game to be being played on the opening weekend, an absolute cracker. It's uh, at quarter to 11 uh, UK time in the morning, enough time to have your cereal, your orange juice, and then top it up with a pint. Um, there's, there's, there's so much going on in that game, but, uh, but I know one thing you wanted to point out was, was what happens if you lose that game. Yeah, look, I, New Zealand are three times uh, Rugby World Cup champions. I think they go into that game probably as the favourites. Um, but should they lose, then actually they well, the, the loser of that game mm. has a potentially easier run to the final. Because I like I, your theory on what's easier. Go on, go yeah, on. By, well, yes, I'm now going to annoy Irish people, Welsh. Um, <laughs> We're making so, friends on the rugby yeah, report. exactly. Carry um, on. You know, I, I think Ireland will get out of their groups uh, first. So I think I think whoever loses that game would, would face them in the quarterfinals. Wales, if they top their group, then potentially they could meet them in the semis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe they would then meet again in the final, these two teams. Wow. You know, I think New Zealand are in a... In a Great place, aren't they? If they can, if they can manage to leave out the likes of uh, Nani Laumape and Owen Franks, he's a hundred capper. So yeah. if you can leave someone like that out, that's a that's an incredible position to be in. But they also bring players that we perhaps haven't heard as much of, like Severis and George Bridge, just mm. three and five caps, yeah, um, respectively. Well, we're starting to see a little bit more of this, aren't we? With Eddie Jones doing it with uh, with Rory McConaughey and Willie Hines, you know, these sorts of players that are coming into sides with less experience and big players and an England point of view, Chris Robshaw, Danny Kerr, who are being left out. We're not getting experience just for the sake of bringing an extra hundred caps into a team. People are giving these youngsters a real opportunity. Do you think that, that sort of average age of World Cup teams is, is coming down at all? I haven't checked the stats. I just want your gut feel. I, I think we're seeing coaches realise that these games are going to be played on fast tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, they need mobile players. They need fast players. Um, and it, depending on what balance that, that, that Hansen goes for from the All Blacks, you know, I, I think we could see Sebi Reese or George Bridge starting, mm-hmm. um, which is probably unlike Eddie Jones's first choice. I don't think you're going to see McConaughey starting um, in the big games, but yeah. he will get an opportunity, no doubt. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, as far as South Africa are concerned, we have uh, been fortunate enough to catch up with a man who has nearly 50 caps for the Springboks. Um, and, uh, well, we, uh, we had an opportunity to speak to Francois Hugard, uh, who can tell us what he makes of the South African chances at Rugby World Cup. Um, look, it's, a, it's a, a really talented bunch of players. You know, a lot of the, well, a few of the Prem boys um, that's played in the Prem Quibus and, and, and Faf is over there. Um, he's played some great rugby. And yeah, the whole squad is, is, um, is, is massively talented. They've been doing really well. I think they, they, 
peaking at the right time, so to say. I think they've had a couple of um, dodgy games building up, but I think definitely um, peaking at the right time. I think it's it's going to come down to who's best on the day. I think any of the top eight or top seven, six um, countries or sides in the world is going to do really well at a World Cup. I think it's just that's the main stage. That's where you want to shine. I think New, Ze- New Zealand's going to do well. England's going to do really well. Ireland is is, is obviously great. Um, Wales has, has been playing really well. And in South Africa, France is there, who likes their upsets and semifinals and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I think at any World Cup or any game, there's going to be pressure. You know, I think it's also got to do with who handles it the best and and turns that pressure into into positive energy and, and uses it as motivation. So, I'm I'm certainly excited to to watch the boys and, and um, support them and and um, yeah, make sure that they hopefully bring that one back to South Africa. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's how you're looking at it. I mean, Faf de Klerk, your position as scrum half, he's been a revelation in the Premiership, yeah. but he's also now become a real heartbeat of, of, of the front football yeah. that the Springboks are, are making the most of. Yeah, no, he's a great player. I mean, um, it's, it's, um, it's always good to have, you know, when you play for or, or compete for a position in a national squad or international um, for for the Springboks or England or whatever, and, and you know, it's it's great that both the nines that's been selected for South Africa is actually in the Prem, and they've been, you know, both thoroughly deserve um, to be there. They've both played some great rugby, so. Yeah, happy for them, and, and I'll be supporting them. Yeah, I'm working with Tom May, and uh, he's pretty keen on Cheslin Colby as well, sort of ma- ma- making a decent impact. Yeah, Cheslin is a uh, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's a little pocket rocket. He's I don't think you want to defend him one on one. I was with him at the sevens for the uh, SA sevens, and he's just um, unbelievable talent and, and such a great rugby player. I think he's been doing really well at Toulouse as well. I think he's he's got the key to the city there. <laughs> he's been doing really well. So yeah, there's a lot of exciting players, um, and it's, I think it's going to be a great World Cup to watch. So, so good to hear from Francois Hugard there, and uh, well. Tom, how has it got to a point where New Zealand have been, you know, the stick-on winners for the last four years because they're so good at what they do, but now everybody's talking about the Springboks? Yeah, I think Rassi Erasmus has gone around his business pretty quietly. He's kept kept himself under the radar and just looked at exactly how he needed to get his team into the best position possible um, when we get to this point, and I think they are in the best position possible. I, I think he's rotated his players throughout the Rugby Championship and they were still able to compete. Let's not forget he sent the first 15 to Wellington ahead of their fixture with the All Blacks and they were still competing and winning um, with their, in inverted commas, B team. Mm. You know, so I, I think I think they're in a good space. They've got great players. I cannot wait to watch Cheslin Colby play. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible talent. Um, and I think they are, they're evolving from a team that will just bash you and knock you over to one that can actually, well, do that still, but, <laughs> but then move the ball as well. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great game to, to I almost kick off the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we hope you have enjoyed our preview to Pools A and B. We look forward to you joining us for our preview for Pools C and D, which will be with you in a day or so. So uh, do keep an eye out for that in your inbox. Make sure that you have subscribed to the Rugby Report. And Tom, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, well, we will see you next time. The Rugby Report is sponsored by Betfred. 
Now, me and Tom are really excited for the next few weeks in Japan, and so are Betfred. With special offers on every match at the 2019 tournament, they're as excited as us. From bets on players to special pick-your-punt markets, they've got you covered. Check out their app or visit one of their 1,600 stores for more information. 18s and over, begambleaware.org. Maximum stakes apply when the fun stops, stop. This has been a Rugby Media production.